Arg Grog. Hey everyone, welcome to the Starter Shed oh, podcast. Oh, 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 oh. I'm... Sorry, you're, you're doing it. Well, yeah, what do you think I was going to do? Well, I, I'm back, baby, you know, <laughs> Peter's back. Like, surely, I always do the oh, intro. Oh, God. All right, all right, you do it. That's fine. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Matthew. A little bit of professionalism again, you know. Arg Grog. Um, hey, everyone. It's uh, me, Peter, uh, and Matthew Weir. Uh, it's a Sideshow podcast. That's not what I used to do. What did I used to do? Arg Grog. Hey, everybody. Oh, anyway, yeah. Um, uh, so, Matthew, um, I have been listening to you and Kerry, and I, as I said to you on WhatsApp, I completely get it now. Without the cider shed, the archers would be unlistenable. I, I just did get that impression last week. We had that week off, and it was a bit of a stinker. I mean, I only listened to the omnibus, whereas normally, by the time I listen to the omnibus, I've already listened twice in order to do the podcast. Yeah. And I could just see on social media, I think we picked the right week to be off. But I think at the same time, people were really longing for, for us to give it a kicking at the end of the week and the episode wasn't there. It is quite cathartic. I mean, every now and again, one of you really gets stuck in. Um, do you know what? I I have listened diligently to every cider shed, but I don't think I listened to either of you eating humble pie. The episode, I assume you ate humble pie when it came to David's very sensitive conversation with his daughter when he listened to pics that are coming out to him i thought that was absolutely lovely and i i did miss you you two sort of i assume you you were recanted i think that was the sunday of the week we didn't do oh okay so you've never had a chance to so do you no. did, but did you think it was quite sweet did you enjoy that i did i think i put a tweet out that said uh david is playing a blinder yeah i thought it was i thought you know it was one very well acted yeah um and two it, I was quite choked up about that. I really enjoyed it. I was very, very sweet. And it kind of um, sort of sliding gently into today's episode of The Archers, uh, you know, absolutely a million miles from the kind of rather crass nonsense with Pip getting drunk in the pub. Yeah, she got drunk very quickly as well, didn't she? I was in the supermarket yeah. with that in my ear pods at the time. I think I did let out a little chuckle when she said, let's just get really smashed <laughs> and tell mum. Yeah, I had a little think about it. And on the one hand, I get it, right? Uh, they, they, In order to make it an interesting relationship, they have to use a long-established character, which, because there's no gay couples in the village, as we all know, Adam and Ian don't count, yeah. um, it means that uh, you have to have a coming out. There has to be some development. And, you know, for whatever, it, you know, unfortunately, coming out is a stressful experience for people, even in our sort of more progressive modern times. So it makes sense that there is some drama that surrounds that, but also, I think we all just want to hear a nice, normal, easy, loving relationship. And I just, I just, I'm slightly dreading all of this nonsense that's happening with Pip kind of is acting up too strong a way of putting it or just behaving a bit weirdly. I think that she's going to put her foot in it several yeah. times before this actually runs smoothly. Yeah. And Stella's obviously realised that she has quite strong feelings for her. Pip's getting very giddy. Uh, how do you think Ruth is going to take it? Well, I just you just made me think that it might actually... So Ruth might also go on a journey. So she might have some... Because I think, you know, it, it, it would be interesting if Ruth has some kind of specific homophobia, like relevant to her daughter. So she's generally not a homophobe, obviously, but, you know, when it's home t turf, she's surprised, she's surprised by her feelings. 
And then when she comes through that, she then actually becomes the person that calms things down and actually acts as an intermediary to kind of like mend what we assume will be a fractured relationship between Pip and um, Stella. Yeah, she's not very good at deduction, is she? Because she knows it's a woman. Yeah. And they never leave the f***ing village. Yeah. (laughs) And they're in the pub. Yeah. All three of them. I tell you what, let's throw in an ad, um, which may be about some lemony fish corn snacks. Who knows? Could be could be that could be people's lottery and then we'll be back don't touch that dial we'll be right back after this word hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank linkedin helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role in a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. So, um, Peter, do you like scampi-flavored crisps? Yeah, it was a bit on the nose, wasn't it? <laughs> I... <laughs> I, I, I was like, I, I, it must have been a joke. Am I, am I that childish? No, that... I, I thought exactly the same thing. Although we have been accused when it's you and I that we can stray into kind of scampy territory. So what's like, be slightly. This is this. this okay, right. This really irritates me. This kind of perception that you and I are the errant children, and somehow Kerry is this kind of I don't know sensible mother hen. And nothing could be further from the truth. Kerry's no. mind is absolute filth. Yeah, she well, well, she renamed Brad and Mia's film club as Fingering Club. <laughs> yeah, and that's probably the tidied up version. God knows what actually she actually was thought in her head. I mean, you know, and I, by the way, you know, Kerry will know that is the highest possible praise. But yeah, the, the, the idea that you and I are the ones that lower the tone is deeply unfair. I, yeah. yeah. But yeah, the whole scampy thing, I mean, it's just so hanging yeah there, isn't it <laughs> um yeah i was trying to think where else they might go after that you know just to take us down that path but um yeah luckily uh, stella went off to the bar to get pip a sandwich exactly so if, you know um if if it was a yeah crab stick scampi and uh well, i don't know <laughs> whatever else but presumably you want stella and, and pip to work because this is the weird thing i do find bisexual pip is more likable than uh straight pip I'm quite, you know, I'm finding her a lot more uh, accessible at the moment. Yeah, I mean, there was a point on the pod a couple of weeks ago where I went in defense of Pip and Mm. we had like something in the tech cosmos disliked it and crushed my sound throughout the whole point of my argument. So it got lost. But um, I mean, I, I do quite like the character. I know she really gets on Pip's nerves. I think I like her for those. um, I know she gets on Kerry's nerves. But after, mm. God, I just called Kerry Pip. Well, fuck. 
I agree. She is going to be more likable as a result of this relationship. And funnily enough, the actor in that Radio Times piece, which caused so much controversy on our Facebook page, because apparently it was a spoiler that they were going to be a lesbian couple. She said in that, it's actually, for. she said something almost to the extent of like, it's really exciting for the first time going in and reading what the storylines are going to be, which kind of suggests she hasn't really been happy with how they've cast Pip mm. until now. I can see that because... With the, you imagine, you know, if you're Helen or the sorry, the actor playing Helen or the actor playing Pip, and time and time again, you're kind of cast as this screeching harridan who's kind of like squawking at people and making their lives miserable. More of that later with Helen. <laughs> um, but just for the last few years, it must have been awful to play Pip. You know, hassling Toby, being massively interfering on the farm. Like, you know, it, it's obviously her she's interested she's got an investment but she was always way too strident in the way she's going to force her agenda uh, so yeah i can imagine it must be quite lovely for her to, to you know pick up the i'm imagining it's a manila envelope with a kind of wax seal gets <laughs> delivered uh, by motorbike yeah it's one thing to be a philip moss or a rob titchener level of bad character but to be this kind of mediocre bad yeah character. no exactly i mean that's i mean that was the thing with russ wasn't it when we were talking to and Denise about it and just the relish with which he could have like, you know, poured his, because he was so different from Russ, but like, it's just, you know, like just drawing on all those bad parts of yourself to throw it into the character must be absolutely glorious. And obviously, you know, um, Kerry, as Kerry would want me to say, I I appreciate that as an award-winning actor. So myself, so (laughs) I think the last time you said you were an award-winning actress, actor, she actually audibly groaned. Yes, yeah. yeah, one of the that's just one of the the, the high points of my last the last <laughs> two years of my life. Yeah, Pip is digging a bit of a hole for herself by because obviously there was that whole thing last week where she hid her and Stella, you know, just lots of red flags for Stella there. And then Ruth is saying to Pip, "Have I done something to upset Stella? Mm. Could you ask her?" And then Ruth said, "Oh, maybe I'll ask her." And then Pip said, "No, I'll ask her." So they went like backwards and forwards, and eventually. Pip says to Ruth, oh, like, no, Stella's fine. And she went, well, what did you say to her? Pip was going to say, like, I said, (laughs) (laughs) very very childish, but, you know. I I mean, maybe she did. But uh, Stella did say that's one of the things she likes about Pip is how forthright she is. (laughs) So, you know, that, that, that kind of candor doesn't have to stop at the bedroom door, does it? Did um, you uh, did you cringe inside out when she said, "I'm in love"? Yes, <laughs> with life. <laughs> yeah, I but I was very confused because the episode finished, and I was like, "Sorry, a bit California um, teenage girl there." I was like, um, but I was <laughs> wondering what the purpose of the scene today was. Was it just to sort of show Stella cringing? Was it to just was it to really double down on how little Ruth is picking up or, or kind of like guessing? I don't know. It just it, it felt like a, a lot of airtime for not much progression. I think it's both. I think eventually the penny will drop for Ruth. How it didn't drop tonight in the pub, I don't know. I think it's also there to make Stella realise that Pip's in virgin territory here, isn't she? So she is... She's doing it all again from the beginning, but this time it's it's with a girl and she's swept off her feet with her. And uh, she's going to... I mean, I thought Helen acted a little bit like a teenager this week when Pat was pushing her about her running and oh. 
and beef. Bur- How does Pat say beef bourguignon? Pat chat. Pat chat. Pat chat. Is it like that? I, when when Pat's talking, what I hear is a kind of oral equivalent of Munch's the Scream. <laughs> so it's not, it's a, it kind of blots out all kind of normal sensibilities. But yeah, yeah. So I think not. It's not going to be plain sailing. I think there's going to be some ups and downs, and I think um, there's pretty big chance it's going to rock the boat. When got several maritime idioms there. When Pip finally explains to Mum and Dad that it's Stella. We're gonna, yeah. have, we're gonna have a lot of false or aborted outings of the relationship, and eventually, I, I think it's gonna be. It'll be. I thought that George was gonna spot them kissing, and then they were all gonna be in the uh, pub tonight, and he would say, yes. "Oh, you too," because he made that comment to Mia, "You're a lesbian," and I thought Stella might overhear and come over, and then that's what I was it thinking. It might be we're both lesbians actually, and then <laughs> that would have been glorious. Then, then Ruth would just go, "Oh, okay, I get it now." But you know, George. George's Panini album of women that he's offended in the village is almost full, isn't it? That would yeah. have got him. But, but that would have been a couple of, what's it you call? Goldies? What was it? Sparklies? What was it? I've, I can't remember. In a Panini album. Oh, do you mean like the badge? You know, when you get the, you get the sparkly cards. Yeah, they smell different, don't they? Yeah, but we're, yeah, so George, he almost got it, didn't he? The full set, the bingo card of uh, women he's offended. Uh, he, he, bloody hell, my God, he was so dislikable, unlikable today. It's just extraordinary. I And I, I was, I don't know what you think, but it's like, so obviously the, the, there was the idea that Brad is now a man. He has had sex with a woman and here was George lecturing him and almost certainly the closest George has come to a woman was um, uh, Fallon touching him up in the pub earlier on. <laughs> yeah. Fallon, Fallon. And, you know, we all got that. But it did, so you did really sort of think about the naivety of him and how young he is. And so he's got these very kind of aggressive adult impulses, but not that all adults are aggressive, you know what I mean? His are adult aggressive impulses, but also he is extraordinarily naive. And then I was thinking back to when I was his age, and it's like, no, I don't, I might have been clumsily unpleasant but i don't ever remember having that kind of i don't know it just just, does it ring true for you george's behavior rings true from just observing other people behaving like that yeah i don't think i behaved like that when i was his age but i mean you can still see i see groups of men particularly when i go back to england at christmas time who are going out for the first time in ages like not with their families but with with just their mates and they behave like george (laughs) these are people Mm. in their 40s yeah. You know, so, yeah, his rise to villainy, even involving the the video he made of Helen. I mean, that's obviously all taken place while you've been been away. So, I mean, yeah. I don't know how intently you've been listening, but what do you oh, think, yeah. do you think this is it for him now, or do you think do you think he's peaked because he was a bit he didn't exactly drop Brad in it, did he? I thought what was going to happen was like something terrible, like he was going to go tell Mia that Brad copped off with this girl. And luckily, Brad kind of saw what was coming, didn't he? He just got the Mm. insurance. He called Mia and then Mia came to the pub. So when he said, you know, she's standing right behind you now, I felt like that kind of tidied that up quite nicely. Yeah, that was well played. And it was it was and it was predictable, but lovely to hear them both just publicly say, yeah, we like each other. That's it, you know, and that would have been quite, I mean, maybe, maybe I'm going to be a bit optimistic now, which is obviously not my natural state, but maybe Brad and Mia's relationship is actually going to be the kind of the lesson 
that he learns from that he's had these kind of he's you know he's always been looking to these joe rogan-esque kind of andrew tate characters mm. and now he has up close and personal you know evidence that actually the nice guys can win you don't have to be a um, bugatti driving um, gold watch wearing twat to to get the girls <laughs> it was quite a day for brad wasn't it on was it sunday they had their film club yeah oh i i do you want do you want to go upstairs it was that was me wasn't it do you want to go upstairs to the room oh i guess i could yeah uh and then and then two two episodes later brad's almost like buddy john wayne the way that he's talking <laughs> I, I counted the sex scene from the moment they went to their room for the suggestion was made to go to their room then it cut to natasha being over at helen's um being having the beef bourguignon foisted on her and it cut back to them post-coital Mm. scene it was one minute 16 seconds so you know yeah so that's you and me back to back (laughs) (laughs) i was thinking like he watched they watched speed yeah (laughs) and brad lost his virginity so you had like a a hurtling vessel that could explode at any moment (laughs) and the other one was a 1994 action film with keanu reeves and sandra bullock hey very well (laughs) (laughs) have you have you ever seen speed 2 as i remember it the producers really they really tried to put the the um tightness on Keanu Reeves and Sandra Bullock no to Keanu Reeves because but he but he his star had ascended and he was too expensive so they got the guy from the Lost Boys in didn't they, they and it did. was set and it was set on a it was I've never seen it but it was set on like an on a, like a, a cruise liner or something oh yeah I mean I saw it for the first time about two years ago it came on late at night on the mo- on just some movie channel that I had running in the background and I watched that whole thing yeah so it's on a cruise ship you're right it's the guy from the Lost Boys who looks almost unrecognizable six years later and uh, Sandra Bullock it's not very tidily done I don't think he's meant to be the character Keanu Reeves played he seems to be a new a new boyfriend because he doesn't know anything about her past and and the bad guy is William Defoe. oh so not even um uh uh, Dennis Hopper Hopper thank you sorry no, well, he gets decapitated in speed. Oh, so. okay. There you go. That's he, he, he pulls a full Ryan early. There's no coming back. <laughs> <laughs> this I can't watch Dennis Hopper after seeing him in uh, David Lynch movie Betty Blue, Blue no. Velvet. Thank you, Blue Velvet. I so having seen him in that, it makes almost everything else unwatchable mm. because it's just so the character is so extreme. I've watched Blue Velvet no. once. I couldn't. It's not something I'd want to watch again. No. No, I thought, yeah, it's just when I was going through my um, painfully arty phase before I realised that Top Gun Maverick was the best movie ever made <laughs> and nothing will ever, ever beat it. It's, oh. it's exceptional. Welcome to Fingering Club with Matthew Weir <laughs> and Peter Ficklin. What do you well, think I... of their, their other movies that they had? Godfather Parts 1 and 2. I noticed they were very careful about the fact they hadn't watched Godfather 3. Oh. And nothing says nothing says um, put on the Marvin Gaye like watching Battleship Potemkin. Oh yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. That's <laughs> I mean, uh, slight kind of navel gazing behind the scenes stuff here, but um, we, uh, Matthew and Kerry have switched uh, pod recording things since I last did this, and all I'm looking at now is every now and again I just look up and it says Scampy Gal, which <laughs> is Matthew's uh, login name for this today. So it keeps on, it keeps on like jolting me out of my thought process. I'm like, oh, I'm thinking, 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 scampy girl. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. Sorry about that. Carrie always has a, as a jokey name, and I always have my, I always leave my normals. But today, I yeah. thought I'd, I'd fiddle with it. I was disappointed they didn't watch Highlander. Oh my good lord! That's you see, this is this is why 
Kerry won't go to heaven because <laughs> um, you know it's such a good movie. They're, uh, they're, they're remaking it, Matthew. I know. Um, with don't tell me his name, Henry Cavill. Yeah, lots of rumours about him, aren't there? Apparently, he's a complete asshole. That's what I heard. He got kicked off the Superman franchise, and he got supposedly got kicked off The Witcher as well. All of that is alleged. I don't know, but yeah, yeah, I yeah yeah the stuff I heard, you can't say um, on air. Yeah, um, but I was quite surprised because he's always done a very good job of appearing very approachable and likable. But then again, um, you know, Sean Young, um, who is in Blade Runner. And of course, second greatest movie ever made, Ace Ventura, Pet Detective. <laughs> um, she was actually a, a lovely woman, but for who, for probably half of the 90s, was a kind of shorthand for a difficult actor. I mean, obviously, with someone like Harvey Weinstein, believe the rumours, but I am sort of trying to be a little less quick to judge just based on the stuff that swirls around. Mm, but um, I, I heard that... Uh... Her and Kevin Costner were not on speaking terms when they did the sex scene in the back of the car in whatever that... Revenge. That movie is Or it? The Presidio. There's that movie where... I don't know. There's a, I can't remember much more about it other than that it's got Kevin Costner in. Well, give it, Matthew, given the time it was released, that's all we remembered from the movie. <laughs> it's like risky business, sex scene on the stairs, weird science, Kelly LeBrock appearing from the cupboard. Like, that, you know, that's how I... Oh, uh, uh, Dangerous Liaisons. Do you mean the Uma Thurman tits movie? That's that's very much how um, you know teenage boys see cinema. Unfortunately, I do remember my flatmate in Dublin had a Steven Seagal box set, or in fact, I think I bought it for him with DVDs, and we watched Under Siege and the bit where the the girl jumps out of the cake, the uh, stripper. I, she, she's got a name, Matthew Erica Elianak. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, the girl, Barry, who also lived with us, went. Do you know what? My dad went nuts because I paused that bit so many times I knackered the VHS tape. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, that's that is slightly depressing. Yeah. Um, but I um, oh, what's I gonna? So I didn't know she was in Ace Ventura: Pet Detective. Yeah, I think um, and yeah, Jim Carrey I think went to bat for her to get her the part. Um, and and at a time where he didn't have like the clout that he 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 had later on, but I think he was quite kind of. I can't remember exactly, but I heard an interview interview with her recently, and she was talking about how, like, you know, she'd been basically blacklisted by men like Harvey Weinstein, who had, um, and some of the directors she'd worked with, who who had taken having an opinion, a, being a woman having an opinion for, you know, being awkward. Yeah, well, there was, uh, there was yeah. I can't remember who it was, but someone who was very much in the running for the Lord of the Rings trilogy to have a major role, and Peter Jackson told her years later, like, the reason we dropped you was because Harvey Weinstein got in touch and said, you're trouble. And it's basically, she just slapped back Harvey Weinstein's advances. Mm. So that's pretty sucky. All that stuff talking about silly movies there reminded me of a funny story. Or ex-bartender in New York said that um, Matt Damon once got really drunk in his bar and like slightly cracked his head and was a bit concussed. And they had to do like a, you know, they have to do these kind of checks. Like, can you tell me who you are? like to see if they're concussed and apparently Matt Damon, <laughs> Matt Damon went oh come on guys I'm Matt Damon from We Bought a Zoo which is not yeah. probably the most famous movie he's made I think I think that was probably him being funny I hope so. he's got quite a good sense of humor yeah. I I think he's um yeah, he's I think he's one of the good ones I um you know not that it matters um he holds but... himself up in Ireland um I think before the pandemic or maybe just after he was living like Greystones or Bray just outside of Dublin and like 
people were just seeing him going to the spa and stuff like that. Yeah, he's mm. a cool guy. He seems to be anyway. Easy segue, Matthew. Yeah. Uh, from cool guy to not a cool guy, Ben and Sykesy. Oh, you must be delighted that you got a bit of Sykesy this week when you were coming on. <sighs> My light. Uh, yeah, well, uh, I mean, if anyone needs to be have an eating disorder, <laughs> it's, it's Sykesy. I mean, you know, 32 stone of um, unfunny, badly active Brummy crashing down on the floor. I mean, also, Ben the nurse, Ben the future nurse, Ben the carer. I mean, he's shit, isn't he? His patience ends up actually like breaking his hip in while he's in the room. Yeah, and he's never going to come out of hospital by the sounds of it. Yeah, I mean, nothing has changed since I was last on air. I absolutely despise Ben. He's easily my most hated character. Um, and actually, it makes me feel good about it, because in the past, I think I said... Uh, I was concerned that I almost sounded sexist because how much I hated a few of the female characters. And, you know, it feels good to have a man to absolutely detest, you know, in amongst the Helens and uh, Pips. So it makes you feel less George that you can... Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it it makes, it kind of repairs my self-image a bit. No, but do you, do you think I'm, do you think I'm way off? Is it, is it just me? Is it just me being peculiar or, or do I have a point? Is Ben odious? He doesn't annoy me in any way as much as he does you. I think that he is still meant to be dealing with the fallout of the pregnancy, isn't he, with Chelsea. And that's what that's what's took him off track. What? Yeah, I mean, that's what Sykes, he said to him, why did you pack it in in the first place, nursing? He said, it's complicated. I mean, he had a complete nervous breakdown, didn't he? His relationship ended with Beth. She's never, yeah. she's never been back, by the way. So I don't know if she's just been, she's been written out permanently. I suspect she has because her dad's vanished as well. Vince. Yeah. I think he's been struggling with that ever since. And I think we are meant to feel sympathy for him. And I don't, I don't feel as much sympathy as I should be feeling, but I, I certainly don't find him odious. Hmm. they're really overplaying the I think he's better now I think he's good they said it again on Thursday didn't they they said I think Ben's all right and Pip went he totally is and then the music played it's like oh no that's like the the worst thing they could have said I mean I I, sorry I'm going to repeat all my old tropes now but (laughs) I know that we it's a show that is trying to help us learn about various conditions and I know that it is doing a valuable job in that regard but I don't need teaching to care for people with mental health issues. I don't need teaching to empathise with people or to, to to feel sorry for their vulnerabilities. I, it's like all I, I just I find him annoying. And also, I'm allowed in in real life. I would be endlessly supportive of Ben, but I'm allowed to find it slightly irritating that he went into a tailspin because his, it's someone he had a one night stand with who got pregnant and it kind of like, you know, he split up with someone else. I know my lack of sympathy for Ben is separate from my lack of sympathy for people with those problems. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think you're allowed to be afforded that luxury because it yeah. is the archers. Um, what did you think of the whole situation with the sl- slipping of the check and then the slipping of the Sykesy? I don't know. I mean, what was the point of it? The reason I ask is because I've, been in that situation almost exactly. Kerry tried to slip your <laughs> check for three thousand pounds. Yeah. Was this when you was and this then, when she came to Porto? Yeah, and then she slipped over on her side. Ah Yeah, but that was yeah, that was cider. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I um I've certainly mentioned it before, I think when Ben first went into the laurels that I I like did some volunteer and work and stuff in a care home. And there was one guy in there who 
you know, it's just, I was a bit inexperienced and stuff, I guess, but I didn't realize like he was, he, he was like Sykesy on heat. And uh, he, <laughs> oh God. yeah, he wanted to, he wanted to make me his next of kin. Right. So we had to kind of jump through all the hoops to make sure that he had to understand that couldn't happen. Um, mm. And eventually I stopped working there and I did get, I did get it back from one of the other staff members that one day he kind of just broke out of the home and went trying to find my house. I don't know how he was ever going to do that. Um, mm. So yeah, it was, that was quite intense. So it, like situations like that can happen. I also had yeah. like... I took my camera down there once to do like some photos with the, with the residents. And on the way there, I dropped the bag. When I got the camera out, the lens had broke. I was quite visibly upset. And, uh, when I was going to leave one of the old women, I remember she was on a Zimmer frame. She got up and she did this thing where she dropped her handbag on the floor. And when I bent down to pick it up for her, she stuffed a 20 in my hand. Right. And I had to go to the office and say, look, like X just gave me this and I can't take it. And then she got very upset that I, she felt like, I'd ra- yeah, it's difficult. It is difficult. So I kind of, it was funny listening to that scene um, mm. and hearing how Ben handled it. There was that moment where we went three grand and he went, yeah, you're tempted, aren't you? That was okay. I'll give Jasper Carrot that. That was quite good. That little tiny moment. Uh, scrap. But the rest of it was thing. quite messy, wasn't it? Like he had a pop up Ben for saying that Jill had had a go. At it, and then later he said, oh, I, I think I told her that, um, you know, because he, he said, I haven't told her that I'm that I'd had an argument with you. And then he said, oh, well, I think I told her. So I thought that was all a bit scrappy and messy. Yeah, um, I get that. You know, obviously, there's the script editors and script writers. And I sometimes feel that the script editors are way too ambitious for some of these smaller characters. Like they try and cram way too much. So you can imagine as a writer, you're like, I've got to get how much exposition and explanation into <laughs> into this, you know, five minute segment. It's just, you know, so much crammed in to one week for this very peripheral character who we don't really know very well. You know, obviously something like Ian's pizza van has take, took about a year to gradually come to fruition. And Sykesy has had a full meltdown recovered, forgiven Ben, then tried to give him money, fallen down, be uh, and then been shipped off to an old people's home, all in the space of four episodes. Yeah, I think that's the end of Sykesy as well, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, I don't want to be... T- I mean, just, as we've said before, Jasper Carrot, I absolutely adored him in the 80s or 90s, probably both. Not his, not 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 the programs, the stand up and the songs, but uh, but yeah, but my God, goodbye, thank you. <laughs> um, did you feel that way about the the trajectory of Chelsea now becoming an upwardly mobile woman because she started reading a book? Oh, could not love that character anymore. I do you know, I, and I also. Of all of the people we've had on the podcast, I was thinking this today, I was was listening in, like you, supermarket, and I was thinking about how much I enjoy chatting to Madeline and what a, you know, um, really approachable, fun person she was and how she really sort of like joined in of our sort of joking around. And we, you know, I even had a bit of a pop at her as well for, you know, for comedic effect. And she was very game about that sort of stuff. And it just comes across in waves, doesn't it, with with Chelsea. It's just a, the perfect person to play that character. Yeah. Um, it's so good. Oh, she's just it's such a good character. And obviously the relationship with Tracy, but yeah, I just re- every minute that Chelsea's on air, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm happy. She's a great, you know, she just makes you feel good. And, and, and like I used to feel about Emma until she turned into, f-ing, uh, you know, what's it called? Uh, what's the name of the craze mum? 
but until Emma started being George's enabler, um, I, I I was desperate for Emma to kind of be the, the the girl who escaped the kind of gravitational pull of the kind of Horribins and Grundies. Um, but now it's Chelsea, and but I am disappointed if you're right that the book is a, a an allegory for her journey away from um, Ambridge. I've wondered about that because Emma's obviously been a bit of a nightmare since you've um, not been doing the pod. So I, I was wondering what yeah. your thoughts on that were. But also, yeah, I mean, around about the time Madeline came on the podcast, Chelsea was just omnipresent, wasn't she? She'd been in, yeah. she'd been through so many different scenes with so many different characters and so many different storylines. And they have pulled her back a little bit in the last six months. I know that she's been doing other projects in real life and stuff like she's in the mousetrap in the West End. You know, I've really missed her being in the show. So when she is there, they condense all of that greatness of the character into a small space of time. It'd be fair to say of the f- in the rave, Chelsea and Ben, Chelsea's definitely your your favourite out of the two. Oh, my God. I hadn't I hadn't even considered that. Like, yeah, oh, that, you know, that is... Uh, um, do you know... Do you remember there's a used to be a supermodel called Paulina Poroskova? She's gone, she got a little bit of fame recently from um, doing uh, aging gracefully sort of Instagram stuff. But anyway, she used to be married to Rick Okasek from the from the Cars, uh-huh. the band, and um, and uh, there was a famous quote when the the paparazzi said, you know, shouted out Beauty and the Beast, and Rick Okasek leant across and kissed her and said, "I don't think you're a beast, baby." <laughs> and uh, just you know, classy. He's an ugly man. If anyone who hasn't seen, <laughs> hasn't seen a picture of him, but yeah, that that's the level of sort of personality sort of dissonance we're talking about with Ben and uh, Ben and Chelsea. I mean, just my God, she must have been very drunk. Well, she would. Yeah, I mean, I think there was there was more to it than that, wasn't it? Russ was off his tits, wasn't he? <laughs> he was chomping at the bit listening to some some 90s classics i um yeah i mean that thing about keeping the the grundes and the horribans down can i mean how would you have coped if chelsea had kept the kid and her and ben had been a hmm. thing would that have, well i would that have been I, I, kind of the way that stella's made pit more likable do you think that would have made ben more likable for you no because i don't want to be too harsh but you know being a good dad should be sort of the default mm. It shouldn't be. You shouldn't get praise for being a good dad. But uh, uh, although it's very nice when it happens. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, I I went to school. Uh, the school I went to, state school I went to, had a really good crash. And there, so we had from outside of our catchment area a lot of teenage mums at school with us because you know some were very young because they were um, you know taking advantage of the fact that they could. You turn up first thing in the morning, hand their kid over, and keep on studying properly. And and the only big difference in going to school with them was that they would they would disappear, you know, at random times of day to go off and be be a mother. But yeah, so I remember that sort of being quite inspiring because some of these you know young women were really determined not to let having a kid so young hold them back. So that might have been interesting if you'd sort of see, because I can imagine with Chelsea, she wouldn't have viewed having a kid as being the end of her as a person. No, and it you t- know. took her absolutely ages to make the decision, didn't it? Yeah, she took it seriously. Yeah, and when one of the things it was unfortunate that we, we pressed stop, because when we finished that recording with Madeline, I think we talked for another 45 minutes afterwards, didn't we? Yeah. Um, which would have been nice, we could have stuck that out on Patreon or something, but she said... I don't know if you remember that she read for Beth and the Beth actor read for Chelsea initially. Yeah, I do remember you saying that, but I've got to be honest, 99% of my memory of that uh, chat with Madeline was you mother 
that's bullying me from being from Swindon. <laughs> no. I did. I did tell Maddie before the show that I'm from the West Country as well. But I, uh, you know, I. I yeah, well, uh, Matt, Maddie will know your birthplace if she travels from Brist- Paddington to Temple Meads because it goes through Swindon, doesn't oh, it? Oh, okay. F- from Swindon. <laughs> That's exactly from Swindon. I'm not from Swindon. We'll just get that quite you were clear born anyway. There, weren't you? Oh. Even, even Maddie went, oh, Swindon. Oh, Swindon. Can we let me talk about this? Please, yeah. everyone focus, focus. <laughs> No, no, that, no. That's ninety nine percent of my memory, not ninety nine percent of the conversation. Okay. Like it's like you know, if you're staring at if you're staring at our solar system, the sun kind of overtakes the smaller celestial objects. Yeah, uh, but you know that was hurtful. I'll admit. You carry and Madeline gang up on me. Well, it, it took time with Madeline because I think she messaged the Instagram account of the cider shed later that week as she was passing through Swindon, <laughs> with just like the 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 eyes the eyes looking at the sign. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I've forgotten about that. Yes. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So, but she did. She did also say that um, her, she felt that she hadn't done a good Brummy accent, and therefore she didn't get the role of Beth. But I think we are all massively thankful oh that it God. turned out the way it did. I mean, I'm sure the actor who plays Beth, blah 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 blah. But I'm very happy that's the way it worked out. Um, I the giant elephant in the room for me, Matthew, is Helen Archer just looming over us. Just feel like we just need to get it out of the way. Go on. So, do you know what's quite exciting? There's probably some people who have started listening to the podcast since I was um, went on my hiatus, and they're like, who the fuck is this twat? <laughs> <laughs> Why won't he shut up and let Matty say something? But everyone apart from those people knows exactly what I think about Helen. What, what do you, honestly, how, what, how are you feeling about her at the moment? Like, Ooh, I, I think I've got sympathy. I don't know what's happening to me, but I think the whole situation with Rob... Um, Lee is away, which I don't think is helping. And I think we're we're hearing someone cracking under the pressure. Re- right. I mean, that whole thing with the eating disorder. I mean, she was very teenage style defensive with Pat, wasn't she? Look, look. Yeah. I'm eating a biscuit. I'm eating another one. Satisfied now. And then obviously, you know, she she breaks down, and we find out that she is starting to worry about it. Uh, I thought Pat was actually quite good. I know this. Mm. I mean. I don't know what's I don't know what's happening to me this week. But I thought Pat actually handled that quite well. She didn't do her usual panic reaction, which I think was the perfect thing for Helen. Had she panicked and stressed? And thank God Tony wasn't there, um, or Tom for that matter. I think she's going to be all right. I think Lee's going to come back. I mean, you know, if she's not eating, then Mister Wen's special meal for two is going to go a long way, isn't it? In that house. So. When before Lee left. Their relationship was under a lot of strain. She was being, she was treating him pretty shoddily, and I do agree. It's, it's a, you know, you have to feel sorry for someone under that amount of stress. But my immediate reaction when the kind of echoes of her uh, anorexia, or was it bulimia, or her eating disorder, came back. Yeah. Why more work for this character? I just don't get it. There's a whole cast list of people, and it's like what? It's just going on and on and on and on. I just can't. Why do they keep on having to layer on complexities? Because it's it's not needed. They didn't need the anorexia to come back to keep to keep it. It was already complex enough. It was already messy enough. Um, and maybe it's true to life. Of course, that's the kind of thing. That's exactly what they would say. They would say that it's that it is real. That it doesn't ever go away. It's always there. And maybe they want to heighten the awareness of that. Mm. Maybe if you like, you're, you sort of inferred just now, it is a kind of something that she, it's a blip that she is kind of recovering, she, that she will recover from then. Maybe it is worthwhile then. 
Okay, I'll take it back. But we've got a window into how badly she treats Lee and going forward her intentions because she's playing FIFA with Henry and she said, great. And when Lee gets back, I can beat him. <laughs> well, all the chat on socials is that he's not coming back. But, you know, when when he got into Corey, he did message me and said, like, they'd have to drag him kicking and screaming out of the archers. So I just want that farm to just, like, for instance, Home Farm. We haven't heard much from Home Farm for a while, have we? It's gone a bit quiet. No, just Stella. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, we haven't heard much from Kate or... I just would be quite happy for... A giant sinkhole? I mean, you know, that's my that's my dream, obviously, is a kind of extinction event <laughs> <laughs> happening. <laughs> Very specific localised extinction event happening just there. But, I, you know, please, just Tom and... I don't mind Natasha, but just somehow, can we keep... Keep Natasha and the rest of them just f*** off. That's my that's my dream. By the way, I would feel guilty about all the swearing, Matthew, but I've heard the work you're putting in with the editing. My God, all the jingles and the effects and stuff. I mean, much, much higher production value since I buggered off. Well, it's funny you should say that, Peter, because this week there will be almost none of that because I've literally oh. just got back to Porto. So it's going to be right. it's going to be distinctly unjingly as I Okay, I'll, I'll I'll try and cut the swears out. No, no, time. that's fine. The swears are fine. You know, you you know as well as I do that that can be done very quickly at the last minute. Um Yeah. I'll tell you what, let's throw in our other ad and then right. I'm going to grill you, okay? Oh, blimey. Okay. We'll be right back. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Right, now normally at this point, we'd welcome new patrons, we'd play some jingles, we would read reviews, and we'd go through our mailbag and do socials. But um, as Kerry's not here... And Peter's lawyer has informed me that he will not sit through a series of emails praising Kerry and I. We'll do it next week and it'll be it'll be a bumper one. So um, you patrons, welcome. You will get your shout outs next week. And anyone that's been in touch, don't worry, we will get to it. I very nearly became a patron just so I could get a jingle. Kerry said she was I was so I was so close. But then I thought I didn't want to put you under the <laughs> the, the pressure. Um yeah, well, you might you might get your own jingle at some point, Peter. You never know. Um, uh, so, so yeah, if you want to get in touch with us on any of our socials on Twitter and Instagram, we are at the Cider Shed Pod. We have a Facebook group called the Cider Shed Podcast. We have a email which is hello at the dot com. Or if you're feeling particularly lovely, you can become a patron of the 
Cider Shed, you can do that at patreon.com forward slash the Cider Shed. That's right, isn't it? I did real trouble saying that last week. But anyway, the link is always in the pod description. And you get like some midweek episodes that we put out on there. And I posted a little video when I was over in England. And yeah, you get the podcast early and ad free. Uh, Peter, so in place of what we would normally do, Mm -hmm. I want you to help us out. Because uh, yeah. a lot of people have alleged that we've disappeared you, and I just, right. I just want to give right. your side of the <laughs> your side of the story and how much or how little you've been engaged with the archers in your time off. Oh, uh, okay. Oh, so so are we uh, we're perfectly happy with the rumours that you guys have uh, kicked me off. And, uh, <laughs> that's fine. Yeah. Okay. Okay. No, no, I'm I'm happy with that. That's absolutely. Oh, I thought you know. might actually be able to. You know, I I sometimes feel every now and again like someone's like, "Where is Peter?" And as I'm replying, I feel like they imagine I've got you locked in a basement somewhere. Guys, uh, let's just do an evidence-based assessment of this. Kerry's away, I'm back. What does that tell you? Who got rid of me? Who can't stomach me? Let's leave that floating out there. Oh, I mean, that's almost as much much intrigue as you'd get on another podcast about people being suddenly disappeared. I I just hope Matthew doesn't get in too much trouble when Kerry hears this. That's all I'll say. She'll call me up and say, do you want me to go hard or go easy? Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, very quickly. Did we say um, get well soon to Kerry earlier? We didn't. Yeah, she's feeling a bit under the weather, isn't she? Yeah, being on poor holiday. Kerry. Yeah, she's um, despite despising me and getting kicking me off the podcast, she did message me earlier <laughs> and Matthew to say that, yeah, she's on holiday. She's been in bed for four days. Poor Kerry. Yeah, don't travel. I think that's the lesson yeah. learned. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Look, I mean, exactly. She's been given Brexit and she should have been grateful and stayed at home. But instead, she had to go off to some horrible foreign country and eat their muck. But yeah. Incidentally, that Lark Rise to Candleford book that keeps getting mentioned. Susan mentioned mm. it to Emma when they were getting stuff ready for the, the car boot. And then it was propping up the Horribin table today. When they serialized that on TV, it got axed all of a sudden with lots of people complaining. And I just wonder if someone in the Archer's script writing room wrote that show and has a real burning grudge and just keeps inserting the book into the storyline. Am, am I insane for never having heard of it? Well, a few people hadn't heard of it. I mean, Kerry certainly knew it more than I did. I knew the name. I don't recall it being a TV series. Yeah. Right. I think, okay, I think well. they dragged it out for like four seasons on TV. So I'm not quite sure what the format of that was or whether it just started a bit like The Handmaid's Tale. You know, the first yeah. season is the book and then they just artistic license takes over. No, but I, no, to answer your question, no, I don't think you're insane for not hearing of it. I'm, okay. I'm just suspicious that it was on the BBC. It got pulled and now it's getting regular mentions from the mm. Horribins and the Grundys and the, the Carters. I mean, may, maybe that's the point is that it's not if it was if it was something like, I don't know, um, uh, Lady Lady Chatterley's lover or something, it would be too obvious and too famous. Like the fact that it's a moderately obscure series of books is actually yeah kind of uh, a little bit more sort of says a little bit more about susan a little bit more about book club that was a little bit of chelsea gold in there where susan went i won it at school and he just did chelsea what in a raffle (laughs) (laughs) that brad and chelsea get given a lot of absolute zingers yeah and deliver them perfectly i loved the bit when he said um buyer's remorse I thought that whole scene with Mia was there. She went, I didn't realise you charged for your services. He was like, mates rates, Fiverr. Yeah. <laughs> well, that was all very true to life. I maybe had a little bit too much Brad and Mia this week, but it is, the, it is a very, um, you know, 
And that is a very, they're a very enjoyable couple to listen to. Is it to. melting the icicles on the fickling heart? Um, I mean, no. I mean, I yeah, young love is irritating, isn't it? So, unless you're, you know, unless you're doing part it. of it. Yeah. Uh, obviously, I'm looking back in time. I'm not sort of, you know, not breaking the half plus seven rule, metaphorically. <laughs> but yeah. Um, but but yeah, um, it's a bit it's a bit cloying and saccharine, isn't it? Yeah, I th- but... it's also there to kind of set Stella off and feel that she's, you know, her and Pippa missing their chance and they should go for it. I mean, they're, yeah. they've got, like, I think the age gap has been confirmed as almost 20 years, isn't it, between Pip and Stella, so... Oh, really? Yeah. Is that... Okay. Oh, that makes things a bit more interesting. I didn't realise that. Mm. I just thought the act. I thought the actors were... There was a slight age gap, but I didn't... Re- Cider Shed Technical f**k up. So we got hacked into there. The recording stopped all of a sudden. We thought we'd lost about 50 plus minutes of the podcast. Uh, luckily, we haven't. And I've put a tracker on the hacker. And I don't know, do you know, have you upset anyone in Palma, Mallorca, Peter? Um, too scared to say, Matthew. Too scared. Actually, just to double down on this, me and Peter just recorded our goodbyes that we came back in to say, and then I realized I hadn't hit record like a total dickhead. So now we're actually recording this one. And Peter was saying some very nice things about Kerry and the pod. Yes. Oh, yeah. Uh, Well, I was, first of all, I was saying it's just lovely to talk to Matthew. I don't, as I, I used to speak to Matthew every week for two years. So it's lovely to to catch up with Matthew and yeah, hopefully it hasn't been too tortuous to, to listen to me rattling on again. And yeah, wishing everyone who listens to the podcast all the best. Um, I absolutely adore you lot and I adore the podcast and maybe I'll get to chat to Kerry on air sometime soon. Yeah, we'll see. We'll have your people to talk to her people and we'll see what we can do. <laughs> okay. Right. Yeah. They're a tough lot. And I mean, her people are, my people are four years old and uh are getting um action figures as a reward for giving up nappies kerry's people are 23 <laughs> and 21 or something no the discourse and the horse trading is going to go well all right i'm going to say goodbye everyone peter you can say goodbye too yeah cheers everyone have fun Hello.